Name. Susan Carlson. Name on Instagram. Ruby Charm Colors. Age. 55, but not feeling it. <laughs> Lives in? Uh, I live in Sutton's Bay, Michigan. Family. I've uh, got a husband and two kids. Uh, one is almost 30 years old now, and my daughter is going to be 14 very soon. Favorite coloring book? Oh, gosh, that's a that's a tough one because there are so many beautiful books out there. Um, but I'd, I'd have to say my favorite is my very first coloring book, which was Joanna Bashford's uh, Secret Garden. Favorite pencils or pens? That's another t a really tough question uh, because I use so many and I love different pencils for different reasons. Um, but if I had to narrow it down, it would be the Caran d'Ache uh, Luminance and Pablo pencils. Um, they're a little on the pricey end, but I, I do love the way they, they behave. <clears throat> but I'm also very attached to my polychromos and my aerogitans, um, if that's how they're pronounced. I'm not quite sure. I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> but I also have to say that having a, a, a set of the Prismacolors is really a great standby for any colorist. Tea or coffee? Coffee in the morning, tea at night. <laughs> Coloring friends and welcome to a new episode of Passionista Colorista with me Isabel and welcome today's guest Susan. Hi Isabel, thank you. So let's start with this Ruby Charm. What is that? Uh, Ruby Charm Colors is a is a brand I developed um, back in the summer of 2017 um, <clears throat> that sort of encompasses all of the adult coloring books and also some products that I design. Because for a long time I thought your name was Ruby Charm. <laughs> a lot of people do. I, I still have people calling me Ruby, <laughs> so which is fine. But the name, how did you come up with that? Uh, well, that's kind of an odd story. Um, a few, well, quite a few years back when I was in graduate school, um, a couple of girlfriends and I had um, this, I, I wouldn't call it a contest, but it was this little thing where we came up with our secret names. And it was the, let's see, if it was the first name or the name of your first dog and also the name of the street that you live on. So my, my first dog was Ruby. And the first street that I lived on was a street called Charms Road. So that's where I got Ruby Charm. Perfect. Then we know. <laughs> yeah, and, and colors just sort of, you know, worked into it because either the person Ruby Charm colors as, you know, a verb as she's coloring, or it's, you know, the the, the colors of Ruby Charm. <laughs> so it can go either way. So you are both a colorista and have made coloring books. But before we start to talk more about that, who are you? Tell us a little bit more about your background and who you are. Ah, okay. Well, I started out um, right after high school. I ended up working in a historical museum, and I worked there for about 10 years creating um, displays for the museum and also um, taking in um, donations from people uh, in the community and um, accessioning them, which basically means doing a little research on 
you know, what, what the item is, how old it was, where it came from and so forth. So I spent a lot of time doing that. And then I, I finally got into college, uh, decided it was time to go. <laughs> and I started out in art and focused on graphic design and illustration and, um, you know, really loved what I was doing, but kept hearing from so many people that, you know, artists never make money, um, which was, you know, rather discouraging unless you're, you know, super famous, you're not, you're not going to make a living doing your art. And I think just, you know, in the back of my mind that was always rolling around. So I decided to go into English of all things, because as you know, lots of English majors make a lot of money too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I ended up graduating with my master's and I started teaching English uh, composition. And, and got worked... rich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I, I really actually enjoyed working with my students and so forth. And um, I ended up uh, working at an online university and moved up the ladder fairly quickly. I became a department chair. And then I also ran um, the university's writing center. And they eventually put me in the position where I was in charge of the entire uh, composition program and the writing center which was, you know, it was pretty exciting. It was, um, we were making a lot of changes and, and really trying to work writing into the curriculum and so forth. Um, but, you know, after a while, I started getting, I don't want to say burned out, but working in administration after a while, you you start to lose your creativity. <laughs> so my uh, husband decided to open up a restaurant, and I thought, you know, I'm in my 40s. Maybe this is going to be a fun time to make a change. So I went into the restaurant business with my husband and did that for a number of years and, you know, started feeling unfulfilled there as well and got back into my art and decided, you know, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. I really want to follow my dreams for a while and decided to go back into my art. And that's when I started Ruby Charm Colors. And how did this uh, coloring book thing started for you? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because when I was taking art classes, um, I had a, uh, one instructor in particular who who was always hounding me about um, wanting to focus on lines more than I wanted to focus on the form of a piece of art. And I understood what he was saying and I, I got it, but I, I just have this innate fascination with lines and so um, when I was you know still working at the restaurant I was doing a lot of doodling and so forth and it just I had a, a, an epiphany and thought you know what the lines that I draw are good for something um, and it was right around that time that I got a copy of uh, Secret Garden and I thought you know there's no reason why I can't do this <laughs> so I thought I'm, I'm just going to give it a try um, since my art is conducive to adult coloring. And uh, so then you did your first coloring book? Yep. Yep, I sure did. The first one I did um, was actually made here at home in my studio. Uh, I printed all the designs out on uh, a really nice cardstock and spiral bound the books at home uh, and sold them on Etsy and kind of as a, a test run to see if, you know, people would, would like my art and, and, you know, enjoy coloring it. So um, that seemed to, to work out okay, and I thought, well, I'm going to give Amazon a shot. <laughs> and so I designed the next book to um, be available on Amazon, so I used a lot of this 
designs that I had in my original book and added a few few more in there as well. So, and then that led to volume two of the of um, the Ruby Charm Colors Art Journal. But how is the was the process of the first book? Um, well, mostly it was you know working. I, I started out sketching most of my drawings on paper and using um, India ink pens, the Rapidiograph pens, to to ink in all of my line drawings, and um, that turned out to be a very lengthy process because as you know if you make a mistake in India ink um, it's very hard to correct it on paper so a lot of times I'd have to start my drawings over if you know my hand was a little shaky and I goofed something up um, but then I started working on my iPad uh, using a, a program called Procreate and with that program and an Apple Pencil I found that I could really streamline my drawing process and <clears throat> once I had a line drawing you know in progress if I did goof something up I could simply erase the line and go back over it and make a nice clean smooth drawing uh, and it also allowed me to be one step closer to digitizing my work so that I could more easily print it out but how did you know what to do what kind <laughs> of pictures Ah, uh, well, a lot of the a lot of the art that's in my books right now um, actually came from ideas that you know I've been inspired by since I was in college. Um, I love to draw animals. I love to draw anything related to nature, um, whether it's leaves, flowers, what have you. Um, and I I'm just constantly fascinated by what's out there in the world. Not so much by people and, and buildings and so forth, but anything in the natural world. Um, I'm an avid gardener, so I spend a lot of time in the summer out, you know, in the soil getting my knees and my fingernails dirty. And, and I love it, you know, and I'll be sitting out there pulling weeds and, you know, something will pop into my mind, um, you know, an idea for a drawing. And I'll run back in the house and grab my iPad and sketch it out real quick or, a, you know, slip a paper. Um, so I've I've always got like a... A, a sketchbook or you know uh, bits and pieces on my iPad of things that I want to draw um, so I, I don't really run out of ideas but most everything is inspired by the natural world. Are there any specific animal that you prefer that you think is most fun to, to draw? Oh gosh um, right now I have to say insects <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on a book about insects, um, so they're a lot of fun to draw, partly because, um, you know, if, I, if I'm not drawing them realistically, which I, I typically don't, I want my animals to look recognizable as a certain, you know, type of animal, but I also want to have a little bit of fun with it and make it a little more um, fanciful or surreal. So I like to add, you know, decorations and embellishments to my designs. And insects are really a lot of fun um, to play with patterns and extra lines and so forth. Um, I also really enjoy drawing horses and rabbits and um, gosh, just about anything, honestly. <laughs> but insects, that is a book that you are doing now. It's a coloring book. And I think when people hear insects, some people like me feel like, oh no, insects, scary yeah. Mary. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, part of the reason 
why I wanted to do the insect book um, is because, well, I've, I've had a couple of drawings in my books in the past that were insects, and I've noticed uh, comments on Instagram and Facebook and so forth where people say, oh, you know, I, I always thought insects were really gross and creepy and and scary, but yours aren't. Um, and I think that's because I add, you know, a lot of, you know, floral patterns and, and other interesting patterns that don't make them look so scary. And I think uh, it sounds kind of strange, but insects are really important. <laughs> so it makes me happy if people don't fear them as much as, you know, look at them with curiosity and interest. So what kind of insects will we find in this book? Well, lots of butterflies, of course, and uh, there'll be some bees and bumblebees, and um, I've been working on a lot of beetle bugs um, that are very fanciful as well. Um, so a little, you know, a little mix of everything, a couple of caterpillars um, and so forth. When you have done these uh, drawings, have you had some kind of insect book in front of you or real insects or how, how have you done it? <laughs> well, um, it's mostly from my imagination. Once in a while, I will go through, um, I've got a couple of books at home, um, insect books. I think they're from the Autobahn um, oh gosh, I think it's the Autobahn series and I'll flip through just to, you know, kind of spark, spark some ideas, but for the most part, they're, they're in my imagination really. So how far have you come on this book? Um, I would say I'm about, oh, 75% there. I've got about four more drawings to do. And then I lay the book out in a program called InDesign and get all of my pages together. And unlike a lot of coloring books where you just, you know, you've got the, the image to color, what I like to do in my art journals is include a page um, before the drawing that has, um, you know, bits and pieces of the main drawing that people can test out their colors on, um, maybe write some notes down, um, you know, which colors they're using, which brand of pencil they're using, um, just to give people a chance to loosen up a little bit before they start working on the main plate. Um, because I think a lot of people are nervous to start a new coloring um, and, and feel like if they just jump in, they're going to mess something up. So, um, so that's why I do it in a kind of a journal style. So anyway, that takes a bit of time to put together in the InDesign program. So there's a lot of layout work that goes on behind the scenes before the book is ready. But it's about 75% there. <laughs> How did you come up with this idea? I mean, you have done uh, some books with this journal thing in already. Yeah, exactly. Um, honestly, what I, what I did when I first had the idea to, you know, that I wanted to start doing coloring books, um, I did a lot of research and I looked at all the coloring books that were out there. Um, I listened to people on different Facebook groups and on Instagram and just kind of put myself in their shoes as, you know, because before I started this coloring book project, I didn't really work in coloring books that much. I thought they were interesting, but I, you know, I didn't really do much because I did my own art. Um, but when I started investigating and listening to what people were saying about coloring and about being nervous about starting a new piece and so forth, I thought, well, 
you know, if I were a new colorist, what would I want in a coloring book? And what are people saying they want in a coloring book? So I came up with that journal idea uh, just to to give people a chance to to get messy and and have a little fun before they start the actual piece. Um, hopefully take some of that nervous edge off, you know. So how many of those kind of books have you done? Um, well, I've got I've got two right now. I've got the art journal one and two. And then I also have a book called The Creative Companion, which is kind of an odd collection of um, room for journaling. There's some calendars in there. There's spaces to color and so forth. Um, it's it's a creative journal where you can, um, you know, just jot down ideas, get, jot down um, quick sketches or color something. If you have an idea of a color combo you want to use, you can just throw it on one of the drawings in the book. Uh, and then I also added um, color charts for people so that they could have their pencil charts all in one book. So I've got um, a polychromos chart, you know, with all the names and numbers of the pencils. I've got um, the Caran Dash Luminance and, and a few other pencil brands completely laid out in the book so that all people need to do is fill in the color charts with their pencils. Um, and then I also included some blank charts in there so that if people had pencils that weren't listed, um, they could use, you know, the charts to, to make their own charts, basically. Um, so I just wanted really to give people options and and let them play with um, their art, because coloring, as far as I'm concerned, has really become an art form for so many people. And I see a lot of colorists that are really pushing pushing their own creativity and taking taking things a step further than simply coloring a page. So <clears throat> my hope is that my books are kind of a, a vehicle to help people push their own creativity. What uh, response have you got on these uh, kind of different coloring books? Um, overall, I think it's been pretty positive. I think people like having uh, the extra room to play around and experiment um, I think it's fairly new for some people. Uh, I haven't had any negative responses, at least that I've heard. Um, so knock on wood, that's a good thing. <laughs> but I think people do appreciate having the room to, you know, to make a mess, basically, and, and have, have fun and experiment. Do you journal a lot yourself? Yes, I do. Yeah. In fact, um, the cop one of the first copies of The Creative Companion that I got back to my studio to use as a, um, you know, just to make sure the book was okay, the author's copy. Um, I use it right now to keep track of all of my projects. Um, I test out colors in it. Um, I do a lot of colorings in that book and my other books um, to help me market my coloring pages on Instagram and Facebook and so forth. So I'm always coloring my own designs. Um, and a lot of them I've colored several times just because, you know, I want to try different color combinations or try a new technique. Um, and also, uh, I'll color the designs <clears throat> and take a lot of photos of them so that I can then post them on my website, um, in my blog, and do um, tutorials and so forth. But you think it's more fun to create the lines than to color? Um, that's a great question because I really like doing both. Uh, but there are times when I really enjoy playing with my pencils <laughs> and paints as well. Um, so I honestly probably have a little bit more fun coloring them. 
How do you approach a page, uh, a picture when you are going to color it? How do you choose colors? Um, well, I will usually go with an overall theme. Like I'll say, well, I want this to be mostly blues and purples or, you know, a, a warmer color scheme or what have you. And then from there, um, what I'll do is, is just kind of match up colors that I think will complement what I'm working with. I don't always plan things out ahead of time. Um, and I also use so many different pencils that um, it's, it's really kind of hard to plan ahead. Um, I mix um, my media a lot as well. So a lot of times I'll start out with watercolor pencils um, and then you know, once I have that layer down and dry, then I'll start working with my colored pencils over it. And depending on, uh, depending on the watercolor or watercolor pencil that I use and the paper that I'm using, uh, that kind of determines which colored pencil works best over that first layer. So um, even if I have a plan in mind, sometimes it doesn't always work out, <laughs> you know, just based on the way that the media is behaving with the paper. Um, so I have, I try to be kind of flexible. But do you have any favorite uh, color combo? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I really tend to gravitate toward browns and turquoise and whatever, whatever blossoms from that, whether it's, um, you know, greens or purples and so forth. But I, I really love the browns and, and turquoise together. So uh, before we leave the coloring, you said in this beginning that uh, Pablo's and Luminance are your favorites. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, the the Luminance, well, first of all, I mean, they're, they're super high quality pencils. So they're very light, fast, um, and very, very nice to work with. The, the pigments are really rich. Uh, and I like the way that the color lays down on the paper, on most paper. Um, but that's, you know... That's something that I, I like to point out to a lot of people that um, your paper quality really determines how your pencil behaves because I have had certain card stocks that I've used where my luminance pencils um, just don't put the color down like I expected them to. So then I'll switch to something else like the Polychromos or, or maybe the Pablos. Um, but I really appreciate the pigment quality of both of those pencils. Because they are quite different. Mm-hmm. Yep, they really are. And I found that a lot of times <clears throat> what I'll do is put down a layer of polychromos. And then, again, depending on the paper, if it lets me do it, um, I like to work with the polychromos over the luminance pencils. I can get some really nice blending and so forth. And then what I like to do uh, once I get my layers and my colors where I want them, then I'll pick up my Irigitin pencils, the Tombos, and because they're very hard and they're fairly light in color, most of them, um, then I use those pencils to further blend and burnish um, what I've done so far with the Luminance and the Polychromos. And the Irigitins put down a little bit of color depending on, on which pencils you're using, so that that can really highly saturate the colors uh, on your paper. 
And once once those go down, um, the paper really kind of becomes burnished and gets that little glossy um, sheen to it. Once that happens, um, that's it. You can't add any more color <laughs> unless you spray a, you know, a, a workable fixative over the art, and then you can add more colors. But once I get to that stage where I'm using the Aerojet and pencils, um, that's really the, the end stage of the, of the piece. Because I think that is what people think is hard with the ero, ero yeah, you see, I, I can't say it either. Yeah, I can't either. Ero, or <laughs> Not only they have a name that no one can say, this also also very hard. Yes. Yes, exactly. The pencils are very hard. So, I mean, they're they're great for burnishing, but I think a lot of people, when they run into trouble with those pencils, is that they start out coloring too hard in the beginning. And then, you know, once that happens, you use all of the tooth up on your paper and you really can't add any more, you know, unless, like I say, you add the workable fixative. So, yeah, they're tricky pencils. And you also said that paper matters. So what's uh, what what kind of paper do you prefer to use when you color? Well, I usually um, I I've tried out a lot of different cardstocks, and one of my favorites is um, made by Georgia Pacific. It's a I think it's a 67 pound white cardstock, and for me, it has just the right amount of tooth. I don't like a paper that's super toothy but I don't like anything that's too smooth either. So this is kind of nice in, in the middle for me. Um, uh, I know that um, a lot of people prefer papers that are much more smooth, um, but it depends on the pencils that they're using. Uh, something like a Prismacolor, which you know feels fairly soft, um, can, can lay down on a, a smoother cardstock beautifully. Whereas you know if you use that same pencil on a very toothy paper, um, you've got to do a bit more work to to work out those little white specks that appear in in the you know in your coloring. So um, I've had a couple of other cardstocks that I've used that I've absolutely hated. Um, the most recent batch actually was from um, Staples, and an, I, I think it was like a, a pack of 250 pages of cardstock. <laughs> And it was a great deal, and I got home and I printed out a couple of designs, and and I just didn't like it. <laughs> so yeah, so I use that paper for other things now. <laughs> but how long does it take for you to finish a picture, coloring it? Uh well, you know, if I sat down and and worked on it, you know, straight through, I would say probably anywhere from you know fifteen to twenty hours. Um, I really put a lot of time into mine just because I do a lot of layering and and then I work with gel pens and metallics and sometimes um, mica paints, um, you know, just different media to really turn it into something that that I'm happy with. But honestly, my stack of unfinished um, pieces is much, much bigger than my <laughs> stack of finished pieces <laughs> because I'm always under pressure to come up with new drawings um, for the coloring books. So I don't always have time to, you know, to color like I would like to. <laughs> How long did it take you to finish that drawing that maybe takes you 15 hours to color? Um, usually, I haven't been timing myself lately, um, but usually anywhere from, you know, 8 to 12 hours right in there. It depends on the complexity of the drawing. You know, some of the smaller pieces are, you know, maybe 4 or 5 hours. 
um, some of the bigger ones, maybe 12 to 15. It really depends because <clears throat> now that I'm working on, you know, in Procreate on the iPad, it saves me a lot of time, but it also allows me to do things um, that I wasn't able to do with just pen and ink. So that adds a little more time to the process. So can you do something at the same time as you are drawing or coloring? Do you listen to something? I know some people watch TV series. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times, <clears throat> a lot of times I'll, you know, have something on in the background, whether it's, um, you know, I'll, I'll go on binges where I'm watching The Office or, you know, Frasier or, you know, some other show that's, you know, on. Um, I don't always pay attention to it, but it's just kind of nice having that background noise. Um, but I also listen to a lot of music when I'm working on, on pieces as well. What so, kind of music? Uh, anything. <laughs> just about anything. Um, I love to listen to, to David Bowie and Pink Floyd. When I'm working, um, I, I, I have a very eclectic um, music taste, <laughs> so it really changes. Uh, one day it might be Amy Winehouse, and you know, another day it might be, um, you know, Bach, or you know, who knows? It, it changes frequently. Where do you sit when you are doing your drawings and coloring? Uh, I am most always in my little office slash studio, and it's a fairly small room. It's about maybe 12 feet by 10 feet, and it's got a nice big window that looks out over our apple orchard and our yard, um, and I've got, you know, art supplies and boxes stacked up to the ceiling in here, <laughs> but it's very cozy. It's a kind of an L-shaped desk, and I've got my computer and my iPad and all of my art supplies within within reach. So it's pretty comfy. Um, the only drawback to my office is that um, when we put the bamboo floor down in this room about, oh gosh, 13 years ago, um, my husband and my son accidentally put the bamboo flooring over the heat vent. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the room gets a little bit chilly in the wintertime, but I've got a little space heater that I pop in here and it's, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> So, so how much time do you spend there? Um, mo most of the time, I'd say anywhere from six to 15 hours a day. Um, but I do try to get up quite a bit. Um, we've got two German shepherds uh, that we love just dearly. And fortunately, they like to go outside several times a day. So, um, you know, I'm constantly getting up and walking around the house, taking them out, walking around the yard. Um, because as anybody who sits too long knows, um, you know, that can really have consequences on your back and neck and, and so forth. So I do try to get up and move around a lot. So are, do you feel fulfilled now? You said you started this adventure because you didn't feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really do. Um, you know, my, my daughter is going to be 14 soon and she's, you know, at that age where she is, off doing things with her friends and and we have a wonderful relationship and do a lot of great things together um but i like having you know something that keeps me busy now and being able to go back to my roots and you know pursue art which is something i you know have dreamed of doing since i was a little kid uh really 
it makes my day every day I get up and say, Oh, I need to go to work. <laughs> and I come in my office and I see, you know, some drawings that I'm working on and think, Oh, this is, you know, this is fantastic to be able to do this. Um, I don't know, you know, I mean, hopefully someday I'll, I'll be able to make, you know, uh, enough of a living that I can support myself on it fully. Um, and so I don't, you know, I don't want to call it a hobby cause it's more than a hobby. Um, I've really dedicated myself to, you know, to the art and to, to, you know, following this whole Ruby Charm Colors project through for as long as I can. Um, I don't want to give it up. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I, I'm really having fun with it. What part when you are doing a new drawing is most fun? Is it to get the idea or to do the start it or to finish it or in the <laughs> between? Yeah, you know, it, it depends on the drawing because Sometimes I will get so excited about an idea that pops into my head that I just I can't wait to find a pencil and just scribble it down. And then there are other times where I'll have an idea and think, oh, you know, that's got some potential. And and I'll sit down and, you know, sketch it out and think, oh, that is really dumb. You know, it just that's not going to work. And then I let it sit for a day or two and come back to it and, you know, with fresh eyes and start playing with it a little more. And then it's like, oh, oh, I could do this and I could do that. And then, you know, it starts to morph into something a little different. Um, and that's really exciting when you, you know, when you have the seed of an idea that's just barely there, but then once that light bulb goes off and it all starts to click and work together, that's pretty exciting. Uh, you have something that makes me very curious, curious, and that is you have some kind of team that helps you. I do. Yes. I, um, and I can't remember where I got the idea from. I, I know there are a, a number of colorists or coloring book artists out there who, who um, send their work to people to have them tested out and so forth. And I thought, you know, that's really kind of a cool idea. And so I asked uh, a couple of friends that I had made through Instagram if they would be interested in testing out some of my designs. And so, you know, over time we put together a small team of people that, um, you know, help out with the, with the um, color testing And they also, you know, help me get word out about my work by posting their colorings um, on Instagram and, and social media and so forth. And they also are helping me keep track of my <laughs> my Facebook page um, because it's a, it's a lot of work for one person to do. Um, and also, I have to say that, you know, the these ladies that um, work with me on on my team are just incredibly wonderful caring people and they're all very talented colorists and um you know there's days where i'm just i'm exhausted and i i think oh, i don't know if i can get through today but then you know we'll chat together on on whatsapp or you know through any other social media and i and and they get me fired up they help keep me motivated you know to keep going and they give me great honest feedback Uh, when I need it and I, they've just been super super helpful so hopefully you know they feel they feel the same that um, you know getting my artwork to color without having to, to pay for it so I just basically send them PDFs to work with um, hopefully it's a good symbiotic relationship for for all of us they seem very loyal yeah <laughs> I think they are they're they're just wonderful people um, 
you know, I don't know if it's serendipity or, or what, but I just happened to bump into the right people at the right time, and, and they've just been fantastic. Because I always thought that these people were your friends in real life. I mean, that they lived close to you and that you, yeah, kind of worked together like that. But they are spread over the world, or? Yes, they really are. They're spread all over the place. And I wish they lived closer because there's there's times I think, oh, gosh, it would be so much fun to have go out and have a glass of wine with, <laughs> with these ladies, um, you know, just because they're so much fun. They're so wonderful. But, yeah, we're spread out um, really all over the place, um, which is that makes it a lot of fun, too. How much time do you have to go 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 visit Instagram or Facebook and see people's versions of your pages? Um, well, you know, I used to be a lot better at it. I, I used to have more time to, to jump on to Instagram and Facebook, but now I'm finding that that time keeps getting smaller and smaller. Um, and I, I don't know if it's just because I'm under a time crunch trying to get this next book out, um, or if I'm just, you know, overwhelmed with other things to do, like, you know, keeping track of my Etsy shop and, um, you know, coming up with ideas for new books and so forth. Um, it, it all starts to snowball after a while. <laughs> so, but I do try to, you know, to keep in touch with people on social media because I think it's really important. Um, you know, people like to be engaged. People like to know that, you know, their work is acknowledged, that what they do matters too. Um, and so I think it's important to, you know, go out and see who's coloring my work and say, hey, you know, that's really beautiful. I love what you're doing. Um, I think it means a lot because I know, you know, for myself personally, if I throw something out on social media and get no response at all, it's sort of, you know, deflating. Um, and I'm sure other people feel that way too. So I like to to be engaged with the people who who color my work. Do you remember the first time you you saw someone else's version of your picture? Um well, yeah. I it was actually it was one of my coloring team members. <laughs> um and it I I'm it was um Paula Stone Leach and she had colored one of my pieces. And I was just so excited to see it online. And at the time, I was still trying to figure out, um, you know, how to look for my work and how to how to use hash, hashtags and, and get all of that, you know, kind of running smoothly. Um, so it was very exciting to see a piece that she had colored way back when. That was in, gosh, <laughs> 20, 2017 in some point. <laughs> When you did the research on the other coloring books, did you get inspired by them or uh, the opposite? Um, a little bit of both, because uh, there were a lot of books out there that I thought were really quite beautiful and and the artwork was wonderful. But I also came across a lot of books that felt like um, somebody had just thrown a bunch of clip art together, you know, and that to me... I mean, it is what it is. I don't want to, you know, dish that kind of coloring book because there's certainly a need for it and, a, and a, you know, people do like that sort of thing. Um, but coming from an artist perspective where you're spending a lot of time drawing something, um, seeing, you know, a whole bunch of books like that on the bookshelves at, you know, 
the big bookstores was kind of depressing. Um, and so I thought, well, <laughs> either you do it the way you want or you don't do it at all. So I, I just thought I'm going to, you know, do it the way I see fit and we'll see what happens with it. It was inspiring in a way, for sure. Did you draw and color as a kid? I did all the time. <laughs> all the time. My favorite Crayola crayon is the Periwinkle. Um, <laughs> and that's from, you know, coloring Periwinkle colored horses and wool when I was a kid. <laughs> that's what I drew the most of. You, you was was talking a bit about your life in the beginning of the episode. Uh, mm -hmm. And when I read about you on your website, it's it seemed like no one have ever had such an adventurous life as you. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but you did a lot of stuff. I did, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I get, I don't want to say I get bored easily um, because I don't. I have a lot of focus, you know, especially when it comes to things I enjoy doing like gardening or or drawing, um, painting, and so forth. Um, you know, you put me in those in those situations, and I could sit there for 24 hours and and just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, but at the same time, I really get the itch to travel. Um, I like to see new places, try new foods, meet new people. Um, even though I'm a little bit of an introvert, um, I like to be you know I like to be home in my cozy little studio. Um, but I also like to, to get out and experience different cultures and and cities and so forth. So, yeah, I, I do like adventure. <laughs> you have worked in Botswana? I did, yes. Yeah, I went over there um, with the United States Peace Corps um, back in the early 90s. And I taught English in a very small village in the Kalahari And I also started an art club there with my students and really enjoyed my time there very much so. Do you have any favorite coloring tools? I would have to say probably the Caran d'Ache Blender Bright <laughs> pencil um, blender, that waxy pencil, because um, I do like to burnish my work even though it punishes my fingers after a while because it's a lot of hard pressing um, but I love the saturation that it gives colored pencils um, when it's all when it's all done and burnished um, so that's one of my favorites another favorite um, which is a fairly recent discovery and this actually came about because um, uh, from one of my coloring team members Laura King uh, introduced me to Karen Spencer who creates her own um, watercolors. She makes them by hand and she's in England. And so I started um, getting some paints from Karen and working with her mica paints, which have this beautiful shimmer. Um, so I've been using those to kind of embellish a lot of my colorings and so forth. Um, so that's become one of my favorite tools as well. Um, along with the, the, um, um, refillable paint brushes the water brushes where you can put water in the little reservoir yep I love those things I don't know if I'll ever use a regular paintbrush again unless I'm working with acrylics <laughs> what is it about it that you like um just that it's it's easy you know I can I can go around the corner in the bathroom and fill up all my water brushes and 
then while I'm working, um, you know, I just dab it on a paper towel if I need to change my color and, and so forth. And it provides, especially when you're working with, um, you know, cardstock and not using watercolor paper, um, it provides just the right amount of water so that you're not oversaturating um, your pages, which tends to happen sometimes um, with me. <laughs> so, and <clears throat> because I can use a little bit less water, it dries more quickly, and then I can move on to using my colored pencils over the watercolor um, a lot more quickly. What brand is your favorite? Um, I would have to say I, I've got a few here, and I wanted to love the Caran d'Ache. Um, water brush and I do um, but I think actually the um, the cheap Pentel water brush that I've got is one of my favorites along with the um, I think it's the Koi uh, I'm looking on the pen to see what or the water brush to see what the brand is and I I don't see it but I think it's a Koi <laughs> and uh, do you have another tools that you can't live without uh, yeah, um, the Faber-Castell pit pens, um, the small and the extra small, um, those are really important. Um, not so much for my final line drawings anymore because, like I said, I've moved over to the to the iPad. Um, but I use them in a lot of my colorings, you know, just to go back and and um, add more detail um, to my pieces. And I also have become very attached to, to uh, gel, gel pens, of all things. I never thought I would like them. I thought they were just kind of silly. <laughs> but I started using, um, I think the first the first set of gel pens I, I got were the um, Sakura Souffle gel pens. And I got those because they come in matte colors, which is um, a little bit better for photographing um, they don't reflect as much as, you know, some of the metallic uh, gel pens. So when I'm photographing work for book covers or, you know, for social media and so forth, those seem to do okay. But then I started buying, you know, more gel pens, including the metallics. And now I just, I'm addicted to them. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you use your gel pens? <laughs> well, after I complete a coloring um, or even, you know, during its partial stages and after I've done my burnishing, and so forth. I'll use the um, gel pens to add embellishments to my art and it just gives it a little more something, you know, it just gives it more detail, a little more interest um, and, and it is kind of addictive. Once you start making little dots with your gel pens, it's hard to stop. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you use both the, the sparkly ones and the metallics? Yep, I do. I do. I, uh, a nice little mix. And it's it's kind of sad. And I, a lot of colorists complain about the same thing. It's really hard to photograph, you know, the sparkles and the metallics. Um, so you'll see a lot of people posting that. Mm -hmm. Yep. But they're still fun. Do you, do you use uh, a lot of white embellishment as well, like dots? Um, yeah, I do. I really do. And that Sakura Souffle pen is really, it's kind of nice. The, the, well, they all get like a little bit of a texture to them, a little puffy texture. And then on top of that, I can add, you know, other colors if I want to. But I do like working with the whites. So you're not one of these uh, Posca or Uniball Signo girls? 
No, I've never used um, a Posca pen, and I've been I've been tempted to. I know a lot of people do. Uh, people in my Facebook uh, group say they do, um, and I, I really want to try them someday, but I just I haven't. Um, part of it is just not enough time to color as much as I want. Um, but I think too, once you get set on a certain set of tools, sometimes it's hard to change. <laughs> Which of your own books are you most proud of? Um, you know, I think I really, I, I like my Black Magic book. Um, it's a very odd book um, that I think not everybody will really enjoy because it's so difficult to work in. But the, the Black <laughs> Magic book, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with it, um, but it's basically, it's a handmade book. Um And what I do is I hand color the cover uh, with a bird print that I've got, and I, you know, do some embellishing on it. And then I also emboss the the new owner's name on the cover. So it's a very personal book for the colorist. Uh, and then all of the pages are printed on black cardstock. So it's black ink on black cardstock. Uh, which, as you can imagine, is is pretty hard to see. So I warn people ahead of time. It's a very challenging book to work in. <laughs> you you know you really need to have a good desk lamp and be able to angle it just right to you know to be able to see your lines. But um, when you start working with colored pencils on black paper and and see how you can you know really get your colors to pop, you can do some amazing things um, working on black on black cardstock. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's sort of experimental. Um, but people seem to really love it. Um, the book is sold pretty well. Um, but like I said, I make them one by one <laughs> in my studio. So they're a little time consuming. Um, you know, um, but it's, I, I really love that book. It's a, it's a lot of fun and I've seen some beautiful pieces come out of it by other colorists. How did you come up with that idea? Um, well, it, I was experimenting with different cardstocks, um, with my first book, the, which is now the artist edition. It's also the spiral bound, you know, handmade book. Um, but I had a bunch of different tinted papers in my, or cardstocks in my, in my studio space here. And I thought, well, I'm just going to print out on, you know, a collection of different colors, including black. And I started playing around with my pencils on them and, I immediately fell in love <laughs> with coloring on black um, and thought, gosh, you know, this, this might be sort of cool. But then I kind of set it aside for, I don't know, maybe a month or two and just thinking, I don't know, it might be too weird for people. <laughs> But the more I um, colored, you know, on some of my designs on the black paper, the more I thought, well, I'm going to give it a try. And I posted a couple of those pieces on Instagram and got some great responses. So, you know, I thought I really have nothing to lose if I'm making the books by hand, um, you know, and they don't go over well, then I stopped making them. Um, you know, it's not like I had to invest a lot, you know, having the book self-published. This is something I just recently understood. I actually bought a set Uh, a Stettler pencil set that said that they were made for being working on both black and white background. But then I realized that all my pencils worked on black. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. I think it's just experimenting with the colors that you have. Some will show up well, some won't. 
Um, but also if you start layering lighter colors um, first, you, you can work some darker colors over the top of them and have them show up pretty well on black paper. So um, markers don't work so well <laughs> on black paper. They sort of disappear. Um, but colored pencils do quite well, as do gel pens. You can really have mm. a lot of fun with gel pens. What are your best coloring tips? Um, the big one for me is to experiment. Um, and I've said it to, to people a million times, you know, don't be afraid to experiment and mess something up. Um, and I think, I think that's why people love the PDFs so much, being able to print their own um, PDFs of a design because <clears throat> it takes that pressure off of messing up a book uh, where you've only got one chance of getting that coloring right. Um, you know, whereas with a PDF or I suppose even, you know, making a copy of of a page from a book gives people the freedom to mess up and make mistakes. Um, so that's my best advice is, you know, don't be afraid to mess up and, and, and make mistakes because it's only through experimenting that you really learn what your limits are and, and what you can really do um, to push things. Um, Another piece of advice would be to know your paper. Um, once you get a new uh, paper in stock, you know, whether it's cardstock or some other type of paper, um, use, you know, spend a little bit of time with all of your pencils, just scribbling on that paper and getting a feel for it and figuring out which, which brands work well with the paper, which ones layer well with one another and with the paper. Um, that's one of the biggest challenges I think of coloring is just knowing, knowing what your pencils and your paper will do, how they'll behave with each other. And I think, you know, the other thing to remember is that, that we're doing this for fun. <laughs> you yes. know, yeah, that's really important. Um, I, I've seen so many beautiful, um, colorists work out there on Instagram and so forth and not just you know, not just my designs, but, you know, all of the art out there. It's just, it's amazing. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'll see people say, oh, I'm afraid to post anything because my work's not as good as so-and-so's or what have you. And and that, you know, that's kind of sad because the, the reason we, we do this is because we want to have fun with it. Um, so that's another piece of advice. Don't worry about what other people think. Um, you know, if you want to look to other works for inspiration and, and help to get you to a certain point, that's great. But don't feel like you have to compete with anybody um, because really we do this for for our own enjoyment and just to, you know, to relax a little bit and take some stress away or, you know, whatever you use coloring for. Um, yeah. What do you do when you need to relax? <laughs> um, I'm either in the garden or I'm working with my pencils. Um, you know, I, I find it extremely real, relaxing um, to work with, with pencils and paints um, and embroidery, too. I haven't done that in a while, but I, I do like to paint on fabric and do a, a little embroidery as well. <laughs> so anything working with my hands is relaxing. So right now you are working on your next book. Mm -hmm. When will it be released? 
Um, I am pushing for May 15th, so we'll see if I can make it. <laughs> I'm a little behind schedule um, because my back went out um, about two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I really struggled. You know, I'd come and sit in my studio for a couple minutes and think, oh, I'm going to try and get this drawing done. And, <clears throat> and then I, you know, I would feel that awful pressure in my spine and think, oh, I've got to go lay down. I can't do it. So, you know, barring any issues like that, <laughs> it should be right around May 15th that the book is out. So. And uh, what will happen after that? Do you already have plans for new books? I do. I've got um, I've got another book in the making. This will be um, the art journal number three, and that will have, you know, a, a variety of drawings in it. So the insect book is, is a theme book. That's my first actual theme book where I focus on one thing. And my other art journals are just collections of different um, subjects. I I get bored with just one subject, although I haven't really with the insects yet. <laughs> but um, so, for example, the next book will have, you know, um, a, a fox drawing. It'll have, you know, a flying pig, which is one of the drawings I did not too long ago. And then just a whole bunch of different animals and, and nature scenes and so forth. Uh, just to keep things interesting. I know people like the theme books, fairies, and so forth, but um, I tend to get a little bored with just one theme. So <laughs> I like to mix it up a little. So anyway, I've got that book coming out, and then I'm going to do another creative companion book for 2020. Um, but I'm going to be soliciting some feedback through uh, my Facebook group, um, to see what people did and didn't like about the 2019 version, and I'm going to make some changes to it so that, you know, the book is truly for my audience. It's not just what I want, but, you know, what people really want to need in a in a uh, art journal organizer book. So that should be fun. Thank you so much, Susan, for joining this podcast. Oh, thank you, Isabel. It's been very nice. And thank you all for listening, and goodbye. Bye-bye.